Let's try that again. Because I'm pissed off for greatness. That's right. Okay. So we're going to have a 50-minute show now instead of a 60-minute show. But either way... Here we are on Careless Whispers, on CLNS Media. My name is Matt Rory, and his name is Calvin Chamberlain. Hello, Calvin. Hey, so yeah, credit to any of you guys who like are still listening to us at this point, because this is like a thing, I feel like, what, 50% of every show, and then all our shows? I mean, if, if we even do a show, I mean, we're, we're, we're the worst in every way. Uh, I yeah, I'm sorry. It, it's just we have, we end up having technical difficulties every week, or every week that we actually do a show. We're just failing all of you guys, and I just want to start off with an apology. That's all. All right, Calvin apologizes. I take the blame. So fair enough. This is, and I don't know if, it, if it's my old ass computer or my mediocre internet, uh, but something's going on here or maybe it's just the the crappy website that we have to use blog talk radio no offense btr but i feel like uh if if we weren't freeloading off of clns media we would probably we i would look into something else how about that yeah let's not bite the hand that beads at the moment no Uh, certainly not certainly not um i don't know i maybe maybe we're just still i'm just still in a little bit of an ornery mood after seeing the Patriots lose on Sunday in a uh, unfathomable way. Can you, can you believe the way that the, the Dolphins pulled that thing out at the end of that game? Because Bill Belichick couldn't believe it. Man, Calvin, I'm not going to go on a rant here, but there are some serious problems with this team, and I, I don't even know where to begin. I, they, they don't look like the, the Patriots of old. Uh, and 
I just there's too many flaws. I don't I don't see them making the Super Bowl at this point if they're going to start losing games like that. And maybe they they figure it out and they go they they turn it on. But and and actually I I should I should preface this by saying that uh, a lot of other teams out there have flaws as well. So maybe they buckle down and they figure it out at, at come playoff time and they become the Patriots of old. But you're starting to see some some uh, major mistakes made by. Brady, Belichick, other guys that usually don't make these mistakes in the middle of December. So I'm starting to question where the Patriots are at as far as Super Bowl contender is concerned. And uh, that play at the end of the game just it seems to be a microcosm of, of what's going on this season. It's almost as, though, as if they still don't even know their own personnel and who to put on the field. It's ridiculous. Really, I, really, I would be delighted if you went on the occasional rant. I feel like I'm usually the one that goes on rants, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm monopolizing the time of the show. Yeah, if you know, sure. if you have a, yeah, if you have a rant or two from time to time, but yeah, you're you're right though. And I mean, to, to me, it just comes down to that. I, I think your defense is kind of terrible, right? But what what what's the sure? Is, what's but I mean, well, how do you? I, I just don't understand how you take McCourty off the field. Period. Forget about putting Gronk on the field. But when Devin McCourty is not on the field, I just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I understand you're trying to defend the Hail Mary, et cetera, but that was going to be well, one no. of the longest Hail Marys in the history of the game. And I, there's just so many questions that I have, about, and they're never going to give you an answer down there. So, Right. No, you're right. That's the part that doesn't make sense. Tannehill's coming off an injury, not one of the league's stronger arm quarterbacks anyway, and they had 70 yards downfield to go. So, like – there's no scenario. Yeah, okay, you have Rob Gronkowski in the game to to bat a ball down, right? And under the idea that what he's a he's a good volleyball player because he's tall. Like, he, okay, I get it. He's tall. Yeah, he's the that's biggest fine. guy. He's gonna out jump everyone. He's the strongest that, man. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that he has like even defensive experience. You know what I mean? He, right. Yeah, he's exactly he's good. Yeah. He's he's going to be good at catching balls like thrown towards him, but like it's it's completely different when you're like trying to defend uh, a ball coming towards somebody else. Like that 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 skill set doesn't necessarily translate both ways. But the, the, all that being said, yeah, you're right. The, the notion that like if, if that hail mary comes down, it's coming down at like the 15, right? That that hail mary is not coming down in the end zone no matter what. So like. In, in, in that Hail Mary scenario, you're better off with, yeah, with the safety who may be not as tall as Gronkowski, but he could probably make a tackle if necessary afterward, and you're fine because there's no time left on the clock, and who cares? So, uh, yeah, putting him in the game, you right, made no sense at all to me. Uh, clearly was not quick enough to, or, or had didn't have a, enough of a, a concept of angles, right, at the very least, to, like, and be able to And you know what? There, there, were bigger, there were bigger guys on the field in that scenario as well. Uh, so I just, I don't understand if you're going to put some defensive linemen out there while Rob Gronkowski is playing the, in the Hail Mary position, why aren't you replacing one of your defensive linemen with Devin McCourty, who you took off the field and is a better tackler than almost everyone on the team. You needed somebody to make a tackle. Everybody, everybody was dancing around looking to see what they were going to do with, with, with the ball, flipping, flipping the ball back and forth. Trying to trying to intercept the ball. Somebody needs to make a tackle out there, and I feel like if McCourty was on the field, he would have gone straight for the, uh, great, gone straight for the ball instead of trying to wait and 
anticipate where they were going to throw it to. And I just, I don't know. There, there were, there's so many questions about the personnel out on the field for a Hail Mary. If you're going to put Gronkowski out there for the Hail Mary situation, why aren't you doing it throughout the entire lineup? Why are you throwing defensive linemen when you're not going to get any pressure on the quarterback anyway? And you need somebody to make a tackle. I don't. Those once once those once the ball goes past ten yards, those defensive linemen are useless. Period. They're not going to get down there. They're not going to do anything. So how many guys do you rush then? In that in, in, under your zero one? No, you don't have to. If you're playing hail mary, you don't run. You don't rush any. Set everybody up in the in the backfield. Throw them all back there. Play. Have them all play safety. But so, get some guys that are faster than Rob Gronkowski and aren't going to get their ankles broken. And if you really set it up properly, you should be able to cut off some of the angles that the Dolphins will have and and let them do their trickery. But put, set up a damn wall, Calvin. I mean, so you so you help not doing anything up. in this in this scenario. You're 11 on 10. You should be able to stop this play. I if you, you have the right personnel out there, them. you're stopping this play. So you would just give them in, under your scenario. You're giving them the first 50 yards, right? You're just having the entire. You're just having like. Uh, Kronkowski and and, uh, and your dime package, right? You're having your, your your double tight end and your dime package on the field simultaneously. You're having everyone at the 20, and you're giving them that first 50, right? Because Tannehill will have passed, uh, he'll, he'll passed the line of scrimmage by then, so there's no throwing. And, and you're just keeping everybody back and, and making so, sure you I mean, you, you've got you've to you put somebody there to sort of try and defend the pass and at least make an interception. So, obviously, you have an extra guy out, out there, depending on who they throw out there as well. Maybe they throw all their entire special teams unit out there as their offensive line. But I would have to imagine that they've got some pretty large men out there that are not going to make it down the field by the time the end of this play is over. So, you have an advantage on defense, and – you, you, so you, you just position your guys to try and cut off the, the longest pass you think Tannehill can throw and then also set the rest of them up to make a damn tackle. That's, what, that's the problem. They couldn't tackle anyone. Yeah, I mean, it was – I mean, for me, well, actually, it was not a fun play for me because I lost $300 on a teaser. That was the only game, the only game I didn't win, but that's – yeah. That's neither here nor there, right? Yeah, it was. It's still like out of the context of that, an amusing. It was a, an amusing situation. But what's what's annoying to me about this is like, is I just I just know it's just you guys are gonna end up getting a first round buy anyway. You're gonna get, you're gonna get the two seed. You're gonna get like a, you know, you're gonna end up with a team uh, that that you're gonna beat like the Steelers. You know, or I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. It's gonna get in my head. I'm like, oh, well, the Steelers. Some people think the Steelers aren't even gonna make the playoffs here, Calvin. How do you feel about that? They're gonna make the playoffs. They'll be. Fine. I mean, they won't be fine, but they'll be fine to make the playoffs. Who? What? You, what do you think the Ravens are gonna pass? I'm gonna be afraid. I heard, I heard uh, Mr. Will Brinson on the radio this morning claiming that it's possible for for Pittsburgh to uh, fall apart here towards the end of the season. And for Baltimore to win that division, yes. Well, as yeah, as an anonymous basketball player once said, anything is possible. But I'm not <laughs> trying. Uh, so, are you also saying now that you're not buying the Kansas City Chiefs or the Los Angeles Chargers? I mean, it sounds like you're you're putting some stock in uh, the New England Patriots right now. 
Oh, no, no, no. I am buying, I am buying the Chiefs. I, I didn't say anything about the AFC title game. All I, said right. was that gonna, all I said was that you're going to get a first round bye. Hey, hey, what I'm saying is, yeah, I'm not, you're going to end up with the two seed. Okay, you're going to end up with a first round bye. All right, so, uh, you're, you're, so you're not buying the Chargers to basically win out or, or even go two and one. If they, if they go two and one, then I think they have the, uh, the tiebreaker against the Patriots. I'd have to check that, but uh, the Pats the would have to win out in that scenario. No, no, they wouldn't because one of those teams, one of those two teams, will end up with a wild card, and so uh, if you cannot win, you can't get the two seed at the wild card. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. All these rules. Classic. Yeah, classic wild card rules. Fair, maybe not. However, it is what it is. One, two, two, so, all right, so, fine, then they're chasing, they're, they're battling Houston, then, is, is what you're telling me, unless, and, and Houston or Pittsburgh, no, that's it, then, unless, uh, I was going to say, unless yeah. the Steelers, but they don't even, they're, they're terrible, they're, not, they're seven and five, um, so that's it, it's Houston, so I guess you're right, the, the two seed is, is yeah. pretty much there, locked in for them, uh, Assuming that Houston falls flat on their face, as we all expect them to. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's probably who they'll get, right? Houston, they'll get they'll get Houston in that first game, and then it'll be like, oh yeah, I'm really gonna put, I'm really gonna trust uh, about the cuts. I'm really about to trust Deshaun Watson on the road. That's how that's how little I trust Deshaun Watson on the road in, in a playoff team in New England. I was about to call him effing Deshaun Watson, but I didn't. Pulled it back at the last second. Even though we so wait, but wouldn't it be the three or the six? So who's the six in this scenario? Because if you're telling me that that uh, a, a 12 win team is going to get a wild card, aren't they a five or do they reseed at that point? Explain this. Oh to no, me. you're right. You're right. You're right. It would be the Chargers. Right. So the, the, yeah. So the Chargers would be coming to New England in that scenario, I would think, because they would be. Well, no, yep. they would be when they they would be the five. So the six yep. would would be whoever the second wild card is, which the who six, knows? Exactly. Right. Right. But it, but it would be whoever the three let's is say, let's against the six. The so Ravens. let's call it Houston and the six. Right. Then that game whoever would wins that game would, would come to new England. No, not necessarily. No. Right. If it's the six, they go to Kansas city. If it's the three, oh, true. They, go to they, they move it around that's like that. Saying. I forgot. Yeah. So that, that, that's what I'm saying. So you're probably, you probably so are playing chargers. No, you're probably playing Houston because Houston is the three, and they're they're probably beating whoever the six is. Houston's probably beating whatever crappy AFC team is the six seed. You know what I'm saying? So so then you're getting Houston, and then the Chargers. Yeah, and then the Chargers as the five would be going to Kansas. The Chargers, yeah, or that's the the way it's setting up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Likelihood. So Houston's not winning in New England. I. I we we no my original statement. Yeah. Either way, you're good. All right. So you're so good. you have the Patriots in the AFC title game. Yep. Feel feel good about yourself. I hate you. <laughs> All right. Well, we can move on from. And there. losing to Kansas City. Let's let's uh, move on to Kansas City. What, what do you what do you say about that? On to Kansas City. Yeah. As Bill yeah, Belichick let's, likes to say. Let's talk about yeah. uh, your buddy over here, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I, by the way, I'm not convinced Andy that the Chiefs aren't going to pull the Chiefs and lose anyway. But like they, Andy Reid, they, they you never know. Like, yeah, the Steelers. Can, I mean, the, the Patriots could easily end up back in the Super Bowl, and this could be a waste of our time. But I don't want to talk about the Chiefs in the short term right now. 
Because, like, I, I think the short term, like, it, it, because it's Mahomes' first year as a quarterback, I don't know. I, I, it's the same way. I, I feel the same way, and even though reluctantly. I, I, it's a stronger thing in the NBA, but in the NFL also, I just feel like experience matters in playoffs. At, like, in a way, I, like, I, I trust a guy more yeah. with, like, a hard loss or two. And I, even though, again, it has not always – there's exceptions to these rules, the Brady scenario. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is an exception to these rules. So I think there's there's more exceptions in the NFL than there are in the NBA, but it's just still a general, like, feeling I have. So who knows with Mahomes. But I will say this for Mahomes. Long term, okay, and I, I made this this argument uh, to a friend of mine today, and I'm, I'm curious to know what you think of it. My thought is is that potentially – and I'm already here, like, people, people are trying to counter me with this. But potentially Mahomes could be the Steph Curry of, of the NFL. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the sense, not in the sense of, like, you know, talent level or, or anything like that. More in the sense of, like, Steph Curry, what, what essentially Steph Curry did to the NBA is take, like, a, a shot or a style of a play that has, like, historically been seen as, like, terrible – bad decision-making and turned it into good decision-making by virtue of his skill set, right? Like the fact that he's taking 30-foot pull-up threes, it was like, yeah, now it's, it's still dumb for a lot of guys to do it, but you see more and more guys like practicing it, expanding their range. Like, I, I don't know. I watched Mahomes play, and particularly like the, the way he played on Sunday, but he's been doing it all season. And like the, the way he throws across his body, the way he throws off his wrong foot, more importantly, like the way he throws his arm at every every angle, right? It to to make like ridiculously accurate passes, and I I can't help but feel like that is going to be the future of the NFL. Period. In terms and like yeah, he's the only people that will, you'll, you'll say like oh he's the only one who can do it, but it's also because he's the only one who seems to have practiced it. Like if you're telling me, and I'm not saying that like the same way with Curry. Like I'm not saying that someone's going to come along and be better than Curry at what Curry does. No. Obviously, it's ridiculous. But it, but it, it has been the case that, that it's that like range has been pushed further and further out in a way that I just feel like being able oh, to... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Being able to throw off True. the guys, line, guys are definitely shooting. I mean, but he keeps pushing his range, too. So guys are definitely shooting further and further right. out in, in the NBA. And it, as a whole, the three-pointer is becoming a much more used component in the game. Uh, so, I mean, you might be right. People might start emulating Mahomes when they're growing up and when they're trying to practice to be a quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see guys in college pop up that, that sort of look like him, uh, the way they throw the ball, the way they get the ball out so quickly. Um, well, especially with, with the, look, with the increased uh, speed and in, in range of pass rushers, it's just like I watch it and I'm like logically in my head I'm, I'm like why does not every quarterback not consistently why is does every quarterback not consistently pa- uh, practice a sidearm throw because when, when a defensive lineman a six four defensive lineman has his hands in your face being able to like wrap a, a pass around underneath his arm with accuracy is like it, it almost seems like a necessary skill set that I, yeah. I don't understand so and, and I know. Someone wants to say, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers does it from time. But usually, like, the guy who some, does the sidearm. Some guys do. No, you'll see. I mean, Philip Rivers does it. Roethlisberger does right, it. I mean, right, right. I mean, nobody does it consistently, though. Yeah, not even – but but not even consistently. Like, it's usually, like, the, uh, the across-the-body wrong foot stuff is, like, 
it's one, it's next level, and two, like the sidearm pass is usually like a dump off underneath. Patrick right. Mahomes is Mahomes is throwing down the field sidearm. That 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 to me is what the difference is. He's throwing like thirty yard zip passes down the field sidearm, and I don't think I don't think we we've, we've seen it like uh, to that degree. It's usually like a it's usually like a check down or something like that. And I I, I don't know. I think it's it's two different things to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He might just be a special talent, though. If people try and follow that, who knows if they can even succeed for long periods of time. And, I mean, he needs, still needs to prove that he can succeed for long periods of time uh, and make sure that uh, the, the team around him is good enough. You know, like, I, I feel like you need a, a specific offensive line scheme to be able to defend against something like that. You can't be letting guys get in around the side of, of him, even in close, you know. I mean, they just – they have to cater to the way he throws the ball. So I, I, I would be interested to see next year if defensive schemes are a little bit different and they try to move their guys around to disrupt his throwing motion a little bit more than than what they do uh, to pretty much everyone else who has the over-the-top throwing motion where guys are just getting their hands up in the air and trying to knock balls down at the line of scrimmage. He, I, I agree with you in the sense because, I, I, yeah, I, I made it. Somebody sort of made it not the offensive line point, which I find super interesting, but like he has the idea that like oh he might be a flash in the pan, which is fair. I, I think Curry was doing what Curry did, you know, for for years, uh, not at the same level, but for years until he sort of broke until he and the Warriors truly broke out. I know he had injury problems early in his career, but the the point that I'm making is is like he he did it style wise. He just he just stepped it up late, later on. I feel like. Mahomes is going to have to do this for like three or four years before it actually has a thing where it just becomes like he is he is that guy. Before it has yeah. the sort of impact that I'm talking about, you're right. He's going to have to do it for three or four years, and then people are going to see the advantage of it in a way that like right now he's just a guy doing crazy stuff. But I think like I, I'm not saying he will be the Steph Curry. I'm saying potentially no. he could be. It's a strong, it's a strong prediction. It's a good correlation. I haven't really thought about it that way, but um, yeah, who knows? But I would, I guess, I would counter and say to you that people sort of thought that way about Michael Vick as well, just the way that he played the position, and as far as a running quarterback was concerned. And while that did have a, a, a relatively big impact on the game, I think defenses squashed that pretty quickly as well. So. Um, that's where I would I would go. I would try and look into the future a couple of years here and see whether or not that people have been able to figure this kid out, or if he just keeps having success. I mean, we're, I, to, um, to, to counter your Michael Vick point, though, we're, we're at the I mean, we're at the point with running quarterbacks in the NFL where Josh Allen is getting three straight hundred yard rushing games. You know what I mean? Like that's I mean, I, I feel like it, and nobody even talks about it. Because it's like the, the running quarterback has just sort of been completely integrated into what the NFL is at this point. Right, but look at the team that he's playing for. Like, I, I, Michael Vick was supposed to be doing it on a, an excellent team. He's, he's such a, a strong talent, you know. I mean, people thought that he was going to have great success in the in the NFL throughout his career, and while he had some success, it was not nearly as much as people expected early on when he started in the league and. Uh, People also predicted that his his impact was going to influence other quarterbacks, which it did. But I'm just saying, like even a guy like Josh Allen, he's not having success just because he's having, he r- rushes for 100 yards 
He's not winning games that way, and that, that's fine. Mike Vick was winning games for a little while, uh, and I don't think you've seen a running quarterback do it since. No, I mean, I mean, uh, Michael Vick never had a year comparable to what Mahomes is doing this year. True. I guess that, but that that's what I'm saying. Though, but Mahomes needs to overcome that sort of scenario where it, right. it uh, defenses change their scheme and sort of stop what he can do. Um, and of You're course, right. Michael Vick had had a bunch of different things in his personal life that may have derailed his career as well. Um, so there's no comparison there. I, I don't think not that we know of anyway. Right. Um, so, I mean, Mahomes may not have that hurdle, but he definitely is, as far as style of play is concerned and trying to, it, as you're sort of putting it sort of change the way quarterbacks go about their business. Uh, he needs to prove it for a little while. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you're right. He needs to become the standard instead of being like the guy who you're comparing to the standard. You're right. I agree. Just right. like I, just like I, think, I think Saquon's already the best running back in the NFL, but I'm, but I'm not going to, but I'm not going to commit to that yet. Yeah. I just do that. Right. Little, just, you know, we, we, we were not going to talk about that this week, but. Nope. We weren't, yeah. but you got to get your, your, your uh, info out there for the last yeah. place team in the NFC East, of course. Um, yeah. Hey, where's the four or five, buddy? <laughs> As they always are towards the end of the season, they sort of turn oh, things around. But um, anyway, let's stick in the NFL here for one more second because um, Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick's name is being thrown about all over the place, left and right. And it's I find it interesting to hear what people's opinions are about whether he should have a job in the league and whether he's good enough and then uh, – real conspiracy theorists start to talk about whether he even wants a job in the league or whether he's just trying to play the martyr and uh, it's and sort of build up his brand. And he has that big deal with Nike and and all of this. So I just want to put this out there that people think that he's being blackballed by the league. I'm starting to come around on the fact that he's probably not being blackballed by the league. He just uh, was not offered what he expected what he thought he should make as far as contract length and amount and uh, playing time is concerned. And the league in general viewed him differently because there's a lot of the teams that are going in a different direction. Just the way Kaepernick played football, it it wasn't, it's not sort of the high flying uh, offense that you see around the league today. Um, And while sure he, is definitely a better quarterback than every backup in this, in this league and probably some of the starters. Um, he didn't get an opportunity because I don't think he was willing to take the backup position just to have a job in the NFL. So when, if we, if we're going to talk about him being blackballed, uh, that's where I stand on that. I'm starting to think that that's not the case. It's just that he, uh, it didn't, what the offers that were given to him. So I know you want to complain a little bit about this as well. It feels like we might be on the same page. Have at it. Uh, we're somewhat on the page. Look, or well, somewhat on the same page. Look, my, my team played the Redskins this weekend. No, not to talk about the Giants again. And the Redskins, uh, yeah, we all know Alex Smith broke his leg in that horrific scenario a couple of weeks ago. Colt McCoy came 
excuse me, Colton Carter was a backup, came in, played, you know, semi-serviceably, got hurt out for the year as well. Uh, the Redskins scraped the bottom of the barrel and found Mark Sanchez. And Mark Sanchez in that game against the Giants was pathetic. <laughs> Six of 14 for 28 yards and a pick, and, like, he just looked scared. Like, are the Giants pass rush not that good, but, like, he held the ball for so long, did not want to go down the field, did not want to do anything. I don't know, maybe some of that was scheme. Because, uh, because uh, yeah, apparently Sanchez was signed because he knew the, the Redskins team. So, yeah, I, I see all these articles after the game, like, Redskins deserve to lose that game. And yeah, they did deserve to lose that game because the Giants were better than them, but not be, not not because of Colin Kaepernick. I'm so sick of like, it's just this. I'm so sick of this moralizing in regards to like any team that doesn't that chooses not to bring in Kaepernick in a scenario where they need a quarterback deserves some to be to have some horrible fate befall them because of it. Because they, they look look, you Kaepernick supporters, I get it. I I will, you know anyone who's listened to the show for a while. Knows that like I have I have like stood with Kaepernick's right to to make his his point. I'm I'm not a Kaepernick hater. I I was support. I thought that Nike ad genius. I made that statement. Because you should. This is not. Yeah. This has nothing to do with like me in any sort of political stance on my part with Kaepernick. But like I I can't do it anymore with this with this like pretending that Colin Kaepernick is like is in theory the, the savior for some franchise. Let's say no. hypothetically, Definitely let's, not. Say, let's say hypothetically Colin Kaepernick was the savior for some franchise, which I'm not even 100% willing to give you that. But you know what? <laughs> for, the sake, for the sake of argument, I'll give you that. Yeah, maybe, maybe he was two years ago. But by, by no means is Colin Kaepernick a good enough football player to, for, for me to imagine him still being a valuable addition to a football team two years after the last time he played in a football game. I don't buy it. Like, I don't buy it. I don't understand how this is still a thing. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I do understand. It's all a political thing. But, uh, like, like in terms of actual, wanting actual results, but I guess that Mark Sanchez is also terrible. I'm not saying he's not. And if you if you want to say, uh, if you want to say, hey, I, 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 that's what I want. All I want is some, at this point, look, before I didn't care one way or the other, because one, I'm a Giants fan and I mainly care about what what happens with them. But even as a, as a casual observer and a liker of sports, obviously I have a, a, a sports podcast that I co-host with you. Even as like someone who has interest in sports stories, um, I had no feeling one way or another about Kaepernick. But now I'm just <laughs> desperate. I'm desperate, Murray, for, for a team to actually strike Kaepernick. So that so so that we can see that people shut up about it. Yeah, that he can't possibly be good anymore, and all and not, not not even people shut up about it. No, the opposite. The opposite. I want I, I want I'm gonna go. I want like a national tour of all the people who wrote articles or like did shows and spent all this time talking about how these teams like deserve horrible fate for not signing Colin Kaepernick. I just want their reaction when Colin Kaepernick signs with X team and you know throws two picks and has a quarterback rating of 31 in his first game. That's all I want. I want to say, I just want the results. I just want to hear what they have to say. That's it. Um, I'm sure that they would forget about the results and they would just say he deserves to have a job or something. They would, they would write it off. I, I listen, I'm with you as far as him using his platform to, uh, 
tell people about the injustices that are happening in this country. And if he wants to use uh, his, his voice for that, then that's, that's great. He should. And I, I stand by him with that. Um, that doesn't mean that I think he belongs as a quarterback in the NFL. I think that he should take his name and, and use it to, to put that message out there and use his, his big contract with Nike to continue to put ads out there that, that are intriguing and make people think about serious issues that are happening in this country today. But again, that doesn't mean that I think he belongs on the football field. I just, I don't think he's good enough. I think that the league offered him, there were multiple, Denver offered him a backup position. He didn't want it. Uh, I'm sure there were other teams that we don't know about that have spoken to him about a backup type of position, or maybe they didn't. Maybe they heard from Denver that he said no, because they were going to be a backup and teams had already decided on who their starter was going to be. Obviously not every single team has a good quarterback right now, but uh, at this point, I just I think it's it's more of a political thing than anything else, and in in that regard, he he blew his chance because teams are, are fed up with it just like you are, and even if he if he was even close to be talented enough to hold some of these jobs, then I think somebody would have come calling because winning matters in the NFL, honestly. And they'll turn and they'll look the other way for guys that are that are beating their wives and, and beating up women in hotel rooms or in, in hotel lobbies and elevators and all this, and, and until some video comes out. Uh, so if someone thought that Colin Kaepernick was going to lead their team because of his talent to victories, it doesn't, doesn't matter what their politics are. I believe that they would have signed him. So to me, that just furthers the point that he's probably not capable of being a winning quarterback in the NFL. I, I, I truly, as as much as I hate the NFL, Calvin, and I think that it's a it's a despicable league and it's run by a bunch of people that are greedy and just holier than thou, and, and on down the list. I can't I can't fathom the fact that they would just blackball a guy who has enough talent to help them win all 32 owners are going to do this i don't buy it if he was good enough to play he would have had a team that's the way i look at it my my thought is i don't know why a team i was like i don't know why the redskins signed mark sanchez i don't know why they signed josh johnson uh yeah josh johnson i don't know why anybody signs any backup quarterback over another backup quarterback and by the way, nobody else knows either, and nobody else can know, and, and nobody else wonders. Hey, why do they sign uh, Mark Sanchez instead of you know some other? I don't know. I can't even can't even think of another guy off the top of my head who's like floating out there. Why you know a, a Tyron Taylor? I mean, Tyron Taylor is too good for this conversation. Like, why was Mark Sanchez signed over to Sean Kaiser? Nobody ever like has that question, right? It's oh, it's that's the thing to me. It's like. All these, yeah, Colin Kaepernick might be better than all these guys. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But, but he's not at, at such a level above them that, like, it makes, the, especially after the, after, he might have been at one time, but after, after this two-year gap, he's not, like, 
so much more logical and natural the the, the signing that it's ridiculous to even have this conversation. Yeah, he he can be better than a backup quarterback. I'll I'll give you that. I'm not arguing that even. All I'm all I'm saying is is like to even wonder what, once you're at the point where you're signing scrap heap guys anyway, and that's what Colin Kaepernick is at this point. Then you're just hoping that guy works out. And yeah, I, I definitely, if I was a GM, would sign Colin Kaepernick. But for if for some reason I didn't, maybe he wants more money. Maybe he doesn't want to come to my team. Uh, maybe I, I think again that he doesn't fit my scheme. Maybe, maybe it's because he hasn't played in two years and it doesn't make sense to call him anymore. I think at, at one time this was a logical thing when he was come, you know, one year off the starter of the 49ers and like it, it appeared that, hey, he should get a job. We talked about it then. There were, there were issues at, at play and maybe he wanted too much money then. Now all of these things to me are irrelevant. He hasn't played football in two years. He's not this yep. – so I don't see him as a more – so much more viable so, that, it's, that it's fair to even ask the question. It doesn't matter. Who, you know who the Giants third trainer is? I don't know I do, but I'm just saying. Hypothetically, I do it because it doesn't matter. That, that's all I'm saying to you. It doesn't matter. I don't know who, do you want, I don't know who the team's third stringer is. I'll tell you that. Do you want to go through a quick exercise? Because I have an article that's getting updated constantly uh, that lists sure. out the 85 quarterbacks who have signed with an NFL team since Kaepernick opted out of his contracts. We don't have to go through all 85. Give me some notable. But uh, we can go back through the more recent ones here, I guess. Um, okay. Actually, no, this was back in 2017. So right after Kaepernick signed, this is th- these are the guys – or after Kaepernick opted out, I should say. These are the guys that signed with teams uh, in the following three weeks. Okay? Uh, Matt Schaub. Kellen Clemens, okay. <clears throat> Josh McCown, uh, EJ Manuel with the Raiders, Aaron Murray with the Rams, Garrett Gilbert with the Panthers, Mark Sanchez with the Bears, and then we hit the next few weeks where you start to get into another list of, of guys that are just getting signed because of practice squad, etc. Who knows? Got these guys didn't even play, etc. Um, if you fast forward to this year where people are still making us think about this, it's another bunch of, of guys. Like you mentioned, Josh Johnson, um, he was signed uh, in 2007 actually. Um, but Sam Bradford was signed by the Cardinals. I would say that he's better than, than Kaepernick, Mike Glennon, Chase Daniel, Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins, right on down Tom Savage, debatable uh, Bridgewater, AJ McCarron, Case Keenum is on this list, and, and we haven't even gotten to April yet, where Blaine Gabbert signed with the Tennessee Titans, Geno Smith with the Chargers, a bunch of guys that I've never heard of before, Matt Castle, a journeyman who's been around a long time, Robert Griffin is on this list, um, a bunch of other guys who have not even played a snap in the league and I've never even heard of, all the way through May, probably guys that are just playing uh, – practice squad again type of thing. So the point of this exercise, Calvin, have you heard any names that really are standing out to you as, as players that didn't deserve a job, at least as equal, equally as Colin Kaepernick? Like I just, he seems like he falls into the same category as all these guys. Uh, I mean, obviously there are guys who like, uh, like are not signed to be backups, right? Like the Kirk Cousins type of the world. 
That doesn't that doesn't count. Of course. Sure. Other than that. Yeah. Other Derek than that, it's all the, yeah, it's all the same range. And why you look? We we've been over this, and it was it was a different thing even for me then. Like, I definitely feel like yeah, he probably got a lot of deal. He deserved to be like get. He des- he deserved to get a look. A lot. But again, I don't know what he was doing to prevent that from happening. I don't know like what his agent was doing. Um, I don't know what teams were thinking, but at, at, at the time, I, I found it curious. I'm, all I'm saying is, at this this far down the line, it's no longer curious to me. It it just doesn't make as much sense anymore for a team to just just call Colin Kaepernick. I mean, I, I would love for it, to, and, and even even if it did, even if it made sense, um, yeah, I don't think the end results are going to be great, and I don't think people should be like freaking out every time he doesn't get a call. Every time a team needs a quarterback and he doesn't get a call, I don't think like it, the story needs to be brought up all over again like it's a big deal yeah. anymore. That, that's what Yeah, so here it is. Josh Johnson, Derek Anderson, uh, Tom Savage, and Landry Jones are the guys this year that people are really in, enraged about, or at least this writer is, is enraged about. I'm looking at the undefeated.com. Um, Martinez Johnson is the, the writer of this article to quote him directly. So I'm giving him the proper credit. What can I say? I'm a real journalist. Um, His first name is Martinez. It's the fakest name I've ever... Martinez Johnson? That's like an alien. Yeah, I'll even spell it for you. It's Wait, Martenzi? I'm sorry. Martinez. Uh, That's my mistake. It's Martenzi Johnson. Oh. All right. Well, then I retract my statement. I retract my original pronunciation of his name I, I definitely just flipped the last few letters I don't know why I said Martinez it's M-A-R-T-E-N-Z-I-E so gotcha. my uh, <clears throat> my brain misfired there um, either way that's how we feel about Colin Kaepernick yeah nobody cares nope. um, how do we let's feel move to about the NBA. Uh, let's move let's move to the NBA. We haven't talked to any Celtics. I don't really need to because yeah. they're rolling right now. Uh they look like the team that they're supposed to look like beating terrible teams. Uh the Bulls for one <laughs> beating them by 56 points the other night. Uh <laughs> I took a nap during that game and woke up and the Celtics were winning by I don't know 30 or something. And it just kept going. Extension. They just kept extending the lead. <laughs> that was something else to see. But um, I, I mentioned that game in particular because we do have a little bit of a discussion to have about that Chicago Bulls franchise and what's happening over there because they are really bad. And uh, Fred Hoiberg is no longer their coach. And now they have a guy who, Calvin, I don't know if anybody really cares for Jim Boylan, but these players – beat Oklahoma City one night and get smoked by 56 points uh, against the Celtics the next night. They are a whopping 6-22, and 22, which is really not that bad compared to uh, Phoenix, for, that, for, for example. And uh, both Cleveland and Atlanta also only have six wins on the season. So Chicago has a chance to get out of the cellar at some point this year. I just have a feeling they're probably not going to. I I love this bull situation, and the reason I do is it reminds me of the classic like NFL uh, 
coaching carousel situations that we like we never hear about anymore but i feel like you you remember back in the day like in the 90s and the 2000s it seemed like every team had this, just the same pattern of like of switching back and forth between like the players coach and the jerky taskmaster coach and it was like the it was like the players coach would come in and everyone would and, like everyone would be like oh thank god jerky taskmaster coach was such a jerk and like he was running us into the ground and we hate we hate him and now we love this guy now but then but then players coach me like the second his team stopped winning it was like players coach was too soft and like he's allowing the, the guys to get away with all kinds of crap we need that we need that jerky taskmaster back to like to like really straighten these guys out and it would just go I, I just seemed like it was a thing with every team they would just go back and forth between like one and the other and, and it was just hilarious because like one one style would always like just just badmouth the other style consistently, and I feel I feel like this is the, the first time I can remember it actually happening in the NBA where Fred Hoiberg was fired. Literally, there were stories coming out as he was being fired about how he doesn't maintain control over players, they don't respect him, he's too nice of a guy, and, and then so they they promote his assistant Boylan. Who in less than less than eight days, I guess that's seven days, right? In a week's time, has has already alienated the players to a degree that they're they're holding a mutiny, uh, saying they're not coming to practice. Uh, <clears throat> already held like two two and a half hour practices. Um, they lost to the Kings by twenty points, and someone on the Kings was talking crap to the Bulls like as he was leaving the court, saying, "Well, I guess there's another three hour practice for you guys tomorrow." There's already trash being caught. It's amazing. I love it, Bert. I love it. Hey, the Bulls are on their way to being one of the worst teams in NBA history, if that's the way it's going to go. If they're really going to start pulling in D-League guys and, and what have you, who knows? What would happen there? I don't understand. What if the whole roster just decides to, to not show up to, to games and they just they don't play? What would, what would happen? Would they have to forfeit the seat? I don't understand. Like They would have to put somebody out there. Somebody wants to play, right? Somebody must want to play for the Chicago Bulls this year. I mean, I, I already wouldn't want to play for the Chicago Bulls this year. They are, that's the thing. They're all, they're all on contract. It, it's also amazing to me because this is happening. Like, in the NFL, it makes some sense because the, there's 53-man roster. Most of those guys are dispensable, right? In the NBA, I mean, I guess all of the Bulls are dispensable to undermine my own point before I even make, get it out of my mouth. But, uh, yeah. But in, but in the NBA, like, you kind of need at least, like, the, the majority of the good players, right, on your team. Like, you're only playing with a couple teams. You can't just alienate the team. I mean, the Bulls, it's, it's already a wrap on this year for the Bulls anyway, so so whatever, right? But they fired Hoiberg. They must have fired Hoiberg in the middle of the season or early on in the season with the idea of getting better after he left. Otherwise, you would intentionally keep him around uh, to try to be as bad as possible, unless you just think – Boylan is worse than him right off the bat, but it's, it's just where they're going. It's just hilarious to me. They're, you know that they're already like forming what's called like a leadership council. Have you heard about this? Uh, the GM John Paxson, the GM Garth Foreman, uh, the president, and they're, they're like all, they're forming like this you know tribal council where they're going to have like a couple of players on it. Also, they're going to meet to like to like decide what's like fair and unfair tra- treatment for the players. The players are like contacting the, the players' union. To like see if, if the Bulls are doing any violations. Oh, I love it. And I love. I yeah. love. You know, I love NBA drama, and this is like NBA drama that happens so incredibly quickly. 
it's, I don't know. It's amazing. And then, and then when they ask, so, when they ask Boyden, like, how you feel about this leadership council? He's like, I'm pumped. I'm jacked up. It's, it's the best. It's all the maybe, best. maybe we uh, should have looked at the Bulls roster on their website before we started or before the season started, we would have gotten a decent idea of how people, how these guys felt about being on the team. Uh, I'm looking at their pictures and their headshots here, Calvin. And let me tell you, uh, Felicio looks like he, he just doesn't know why he's there. Uh, Robin Lopez looks even more like sideshow Bob, but with a goatee and he just, he looks not so happy. Uh, and then we're, we're looking at Zach Levine here who looks like someone just, I don't know. I stole his child or something. He looks very angry. So even before I the mean, season, their top three players aside from Jabari Parker, everybody else that I'm looking at, they look happy to be there, you know? So maybe that's, maybe that's the problem is that the bulls just don't have good players that want to be there. How about that? I mean, Zach Levine should be happy. He's getting paid over 20 million. So yes. like, he's not, He's not getting that money anywhere else. He right? looks super pissed yeah. in this picture. I don't know what Cut happened that, that day. ACS. All right, uh, real real quick, because we only have five minutes left. Let's just move on to Fultz quickly. Really, uh, Fultz, uh, you know, stopped playing for the team recent, right after they traded for Jimmy Butler. The move that many, including me, found to be suspicious, right? Uh, went to a medical professional. A bunch of them, looked, they looked at him for over a week. Uh, and they they came back with thoracic outlet syndrome, which is apparently a thing that pitchers have that uh, they, they get from time to time that uh, that often requires them to lose a rib, which sounds horrifying. Oh, it's, like, it's like neck and shoulder nerve damage. Um, but people, some people are still skeptical of that because like, it, but apparently it's a thing that's hard to, to diagnose. I guess my question to you is: If you're the Sixers, what do you do with Fultz? He makes ten million this year. If they tra- if they traded him, you know, for money that's not on the books next year, they could have enough for a max contract potentially. Do you just hold on to this guy and hope he gets better? Like, what do you? you I don't know. Do you have any faith that he's going to be an NBA player at this point? Or what do you, where are you at with this guy? Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, if I'm the Sixers, I don't know if I'm either buying this or, or what, but. Uh, something's got to happen with this guy. You got to figure this out soon because he's, he's supposed to be one of the top players in the draft. He was, he was going to go one or he, he did go one, I should say. Uh, and he, he just, if, if uh, Danny Ainge hadn't traded down, maybe he wouldn't have gone one, but he, he's, he, he's looking, turning out to be another bust. And if you're Philadelphia, trust the process and all this, I, I feel like you don't want to just give up on this guy right right now. You want to give him another chance. So it's a t- they're in a tough spot because it, it sounds like they probably don't buy into the, the medical diagnosis from people that aren't within their, their uh, team of doctors or what have you. So they're – they're put in this spot where they have to kind of give the kid another chance if they don't want to look like they didn't get anything for him at all with the number one pick in the draft. And it just seems like more and more each day, it it, it just looks like a blown pick. Uh, and that just, it doesn't look good in general for them because they're still wheeling and dealing. And, and while they've improved, they're still really n- nothing special, you know? And, and I, I feel like 
that's a big myth to have the number one pick in the draft turn out this way. If if this is the way it's going to go for him and he's not going to be a real NBA player, I think they are, are forced into giving him a chance next year because of this, though. I think the Sixers are good, but we don't really have time to get into that much into it because uh, there's only two minutes left. So what are you That's right. Do? Yeah, but I, but I do, but I, yeah, I do think they I, look. He might turn out to be good. I don't think at this point he's going to turn out to be good in Philadelphia. It doesn't. It, it's not an off-ball shooter. Ben Simmons already can't shoot. Butler's not really a perimeter. He just doesn't fit with what they have. So I think they do need to move on. Yeah, even if they get pennies on the dollar for him, meaning like almost nothing, it's still going to be worth it for them if they can free up that cash. And yeah, maybe I don't think they get a superstar free agent, but like a role player that better fits what they have. If he was if he was on like a rookie rookie deal, that's fine. But he's making ten million as a number one pick. Like that's not that's not chump change. You know what I mean? Like you, I feel like you can find somebody who fits what you do better than that in a way that like I I would give up on him. Yeah, they're going to have to keep wheeling and dealing, then, if that's the way it's going to be. Um, I, I think that they probably try and bring him back and see what happens, showcase him a little probably. bit. But either way, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Calvin, talk to you next week. And then the week after that is Christmas. So, you know, we're not having a show that night. Um, either way. Well, what are we? Or are no, we? Interesting. <laughs> Merry Christmas to yeah. the 60 people that listen. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Bye. Yeah. Good night, everyone. How do you say date? Later.